Hey, it's episode 20 of the TV Junk Podcast, and this is Yellow Jackets Season 2. My name is Greg. Thanks for checking out the pod. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, TV Junk Podcast. And uh, you can also send us an email if you've got any suggestions for shows you'd want us to talk about, uh, TV Junk Podcast at uh, gmail.com. On the show today, we are reuniting the crew from Yellow Jackets season one, which we did about uh, a little, I think it was about two months ago. We did season one. And so we were jumping straight into season two when we've got uh, Nuno on the show. Nuno, how's it going? I'm, I'm doing good, Greg. How are you? Fantastic. You excited uh, to talk a little season two? Or are, you, are, you, are you back in the Yellow Jacket mm-hmm. zone? You got your team jersey on? I'm in my Misty cosplay <laughs> for, for the day, yes. <laughs> As only the three of you can see. That's right. Uh, we've got Sean. Sean, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, has this is this the first season two episode of? Uh, it is TV junk. It is the first cool. uh, season two. Uh, I, I I don't believe any of the other shows that we have done are probably going to get a season two. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know about Wednesday, and I don't know about... I'm pretty sure Pistol is not, because I think that was removed from Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, but you so guys was, did Mandalorian, right? That was... Right, that was season three, but we, we did the, the first two seasons on uh, on Film Junk. Right, yeah. And then uh, what one of a couple other shows that we have done... Uh, oh, Willow. Willow got removed from Disney+, Plus, so people can listen to that podcast and not <laughs> yeah, watch the show. Yeah, half these episodes are already irrelevant. It's <laughs> <That's right>. amazing. <laughs> Wait, so so Disney+, Plus actually removed these shows? Yes. Yeah, yeah they, oh. they, they've done some uh, removing of... Um, the, the majority of the stuff that they took off were Disney Plus produced things. So like they've... A lot of the stuff that is older uh is, is still on there but uh, the things that they've spent money on and, and a lot of the royalty stuff that uh, they produced the that uh, didn't get the reception that they wanted has been uh, has been <laughs> has been removed wow. so that's so strange i mean those, those shows are both pretty recent yeah i guess, well, I guess uh it probably saved them a bit of money to uh to just uh pull them for now and uh we'll see what happens in the future and then uh and then we'll have a a re-release of of the uh, of the episodes of the podcast when when those shows come back on for people to watch. It'll be so. A, so it's it, it's it's the new Disney Vault that they used to do with all the uh, home video yes. releases, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's a uh, it's Willow and Pistol and uh, Song of the South. Those are the things in the Disney <laughs> Vault right now. Yeah. So <laughs> I I think I think Songs of the South is probably in the shredder. I don't think it's yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I don't think uh, we'll ever see that one. They again. threw away uh, the key on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, well, we have got you, uh, have we you got Zach on the show. Zach, how's it yeah. going? Oh, it's good. How, how are you guys doing? You guys already answered, so I'm. But I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. And uh, um, so, have have you seen Song of the South, Zach or Sean or Nuno? No, never no, seen it. I don't think I have. Um, my, uh, my, my, my wife's uh, parents or her childhood home, they still have a, a storybook from Song of the South. Oh, with some pretty strange stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I believe I was a, a, a toddler and uh, I did see uh, Song of the South in the movie theater. But uh, for me, it was just it was mostly about the songs, right? And the cartoon characters and yeah the rabbit and the fox and the the bear and all that stuff um 
Um, you know, as a, as a toddler, I didn't see color. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> Wait, how yeah. old are you anyway? I know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm older. We'll just go with that. Um, yeah, so Yellow Jacket season two, it's a, it's, it's on Crave and uh, on, um, is it, is it on HBO in the states? I, I'm, I can't remember. Or is it called Max now? Showtime. Showtime. Showtime, it's on Showtime yeah. in, in the states, and uh, we'll we'll see how long this show uh, stays on the streaming services. Uh, <laughs> unlike some of our other uh, episodes that we have lost. Uh, yeah. So season two, uh, when we uh, when we at the end of uh, season one um in uh going back to the the plane crash days um jackie has has frozen to death in the snow and uh and uh uh Blotty and misty and and van who um have uh dismantled the the bear that Lottie killed offered uh, the heart as a tribute to the wilderness at the end of uh season one uh so a lot of spooky stuff uh I was expecting going into season two and in, in current day time with the, uh, the, uh, the, the crew that have uh, survived. Um, we get that uh, horrible scene in, in Tasa's basement uh, with uh, the poor dog and, uh, and, and uh, Misty uh, has taken care of the reporter with some poisoning. <clears throat> Tysa wins the Senate race and, uh, and Natalie gets uh, uh, kidnapped by uh, some strange cult people and we hear the uh, person that uh, natalie was uh, blackmailing a woman by the name of Susie, um leaves her a voicemail and says that travis's bank account was uh, emptied by someone named uh, uh charlotte or or lottie and so this was the first time that uh at, in all of season one that we had a clue that uh, lottie was actually uh, still alive in the present time Thanks, so for the basically... refresh. Thanks for the refresher. I actually kind of forgot a lot of these details. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm, I'm here to guide and then you guys uh, discuss the show and, and, and uh, fight it out over whether this was good or not. And I'm like the referee. I'm Dave Hebner. And if you get that reference, then that's fantastic. Um, all right. Season two. Um, uh, so it starts off uh, in, we'll, we'll kind of start with uh, in the past plane crash time it's two months jackie is still dead and uh um they are kind of struggling to make it through the winter they uh, don't have a lot of food they're they're rationing it uh, natalie and travis keep going out for hunting and they're uh, unsuccessful and all that javi is still missing i'd completely forgotten about javi um that's uh, travis's brother and he kind of took off when uh uh in season one when uh, the girls were all chasing after Travis. I think I can't remember if they were going to kill him or if they were going to assault sexually assault him. I can't remember what they were doing, but Javi took off, and that was kind of the last we had heard of him. And he's he's still missing. So we get to Shauna, who's pregnant, and uh, uh, she's having these conversations with uh, Jackie's frozen corpse. But in her mind, Jackie is still alive, and they're kind of talking to each other and uh we're getting we're getting a lot of hallucinations uh early on in the season and kind of that's pretty much one of the topics of uh, the entire season is people hallucinating and uh just being affected by the wilderness and and whatever is out there that is making them kind of lose it and so jackie's ear falls off uh when uh, her corpse tips over and uh 
later on in the episode, Shauna eats the ear, and that's the the first instance of cannibalism in the in the season. And um, you know, I think if if you're gonna eat a body part of a human, I would say, you know, the ear is is not a bad thing. It's mostly cartilage. It's probably not going to be too gross it's you know similar to i would say a chicken foot uh which are delicious um and uh so i don't know ears would would you guys eat a a frozen human ear if you had to i mean not a lot of nutrition really there but i guess uh, i don't know <laughs> i mean personally for the first time i would just go right in right to the heart i think you want to oh, okay start there good good <laughs> Uh, Nuno, uh, where are you going? Um, not the ear, definitely just a hunk of meat that doesn't resemble, you know, any part of the anatomy, just like, don't want to know what it is, you know, mystery turn meat. In, yeah. Yeah. To yeah. turn it in, turn it into like a sushi roll or something and just, you know, <laughs> you're going to do it raw. Sure. And, uh, Sean, I mean, Sean, no, no ear for you, Sean, but, uh, where would you go? Ass. You got to go for the romp. I mean, that's, yeah. That's where the, the sweetest meat is, for sure. And, and for those of you who haven't uh, turned off the podcast, we'll continue on, and <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, just, just to get like a little more serious about that whole thing, like I actually yeah. think we knew the cannibalism was coming. They kind of yeah. had been hinting at it. I actually like the way they eased into it in that way. You know, like it kind of, she's a little bit losing her mind, the ear just happens to fall off. She thinks she's talking to her. Like I, somehow it, it kind of made it more believable. Like the, the way they sort of built up to everyone doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think uh, um, it was a, it was a slow burn and uh, kind of what happened to Jackie uh, also a slow burn uh, as we will find out. <laughs> a or roast, a slow cook. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For sure. I mean, but but then it, but then like I, I agree. But then it's a big jump from going from the ear to everybody just gathering around <laughs> and the campfire yeah. eating the whole body. I guess it does kind of just <laughs> like straight there to but... to, to the bone too. They, they but, it's, to but, the it, bone. but it smelled so good. It's like you know, nice slow roasted barbecue. Yeah, you know, and I, I think uh, like I think just by the the way that it happened, um, you know, they're 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 starving, and they come outside after the like the the snow had fallen and kind of dimmed the flames to a point where it just yeah, it literally just slow roasted like Kenny Rogers roasters um, <laughs> uh, overnight, and uh, you, they wake up to this uh, succulent uh, cooked meat that is right in front of them. They haven't eaten in forever. And uh, um, uh, a pretty crazy uh, scene uh, of the girls just like being ravenous and just uh, destroying this, uh, this cooked human body. And it's kind of interspersed with uh, uh, clips of them uh, dressed, I guess, similar to like Romans or whatever. And they're sitting around a big table and they're having a delicious feast and they're laughing and, and then it cuts back to them just tearing off chunks of flesh and getting it all over their face. And um, what they really need was like the little bowls of, of lemon water that you get at Swish LA to uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. clean your, your fingers after you get all the, that grease on it. But uh, they unfortunately did not have uh, little bowls of warm water to clean their hands. But 
but yeah, it, it was, it was a big jump, but you know, I, I, I don't know exactly what I would do in that situation. I think if you're, you're starving and I mean, um, one, one thing I appreciated about the show is I, I, I knew it had like the cannibalism aspect to it, but I didn't expect the show to actually go all in on it. Like so quickly, or I thought it would be more hint at it or something like this, or perhaps do like a kind of modern version of it, like the modern horror where it's like, it's it's hard. You can't tell whether it's real or psychological, that kind of modern twist on it. But I like that they went all in on the kind of gory aspects of it. I think, I think that I put that later. We'll talk about our favorite moments, but I think one of the things I liked about it was that it went in on, on the gore. Like you, you see them chomping on like, um, you know, bits of, I mean, I think I think it's a later scene where you actually see them like frying a, a heart or something like this. Like, um, I appreciate that. I mean, it's not like the classic horror movie where you see these people like pulling on these like intestines that are like, oh right, <laughs> like, yes, like yeah, like gigantic like hot dogs and things like this. But like, <laughs> I appreciate that they went they went with it rather than just trying to conceal it and perhaps like risk like grossing people out or something. Yeah, I mean, I wonder like it was already kind of a dark show i wonder if they lost viewers i mean i haven't really looked at ratings or anything but like i have to assume that some of this stuff is turning some people off i i did see things online and 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 some people on twitter who i follow who watched the show and uh who i don't know if they stopped watching but they they made a point to say that they were taking a break and i saw a lot of that stuff online where people had to put yellow jacket season two aside because it was so intense and but i i agree with you zach that uh the more that uh you know the more intense and the more gore i think it made it a little more uh realistic which kind of battle off with the whole supernatural uh aspect of the show as well uh nuno thoughts on uh on on the the, the meal um yeah I, I actually i was impressed that they went full in so early in the season after the first season kind of having that initial tease and you know for the cold open and then you just kind of like waiting around and it kind of being implied and you don't really go into detail about stuff in the second in the first season so i'm glad they uh they went for it and then there's also a big gap until the next, you know, cannibalism right. happens. So it's good that they didn't like go overkill with it. And uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, it was done well, and it was actually yeah, it was intense. And um, yeah, did the episode end after that? Uh, no, the, that no. that was into episode two. Uh, oh, where that's right. Yeah. So um, what kind of leads into that, like, uh, you know, Shauna is obviously suffering this trauma of having her best friend uh, uh, freeze to death um, after they had had an, an argument. And so that's kind of the last interaction they had. And so now she's manifesting these conversations with her uh, with her her best friend, even though she's dead. And, uh, you know, she gets to the point where she's putting makeup on on Jackie on on the corpse and uh and really trying to keep her uh, alive in her eyes i guess and that uh um so that kind of gets discovered by Tasa. she realized what's what's going on and that uh shauna is kind of losing it and and 
you know, making Jackie's corpse very pretty. So they decide that that's time to cremate the body and then move on. And then of course we get the, the, the issue with um, the snow falling and, and then that's how we get um, the, uh, the body getting uh, cooked to a perfect medium rare. Um, the, the, that episode uh, the, of the, of the teenagers, uh, it kind of ends with uh, their coach, uh, the one-legged coach on crutches kind of watching on he's not exactly part of uh um all the stuff that they're doing he kind of has his own little side story throughout the season which i actually found a little more interesting because he was kind of a lame character in the first season uh beyond getting his uh leg hacked off by misty and that was really the only cool thing about him in the first season so um he does have a little more to do and they they do give him a bit of a, a story and he kind of is uh, separated from all of the uh, the crazy stuff that is that is happening to these girls um but in uh as we jump into uh, uh present day um we we are reminded that uh um shauna has has killed a guy uh that at one point thought what that she thought was was blackmailing them um and uh it was a guy named uh, adam and so she tells uh, in the first episode, uh, Jeff, what's going on? And they start kind of covering up his murder. They destroy all of his uh, art in his art studio that had paintings of Shauna. And they, they burn his identification, trying to uh, basically get rid of any evidence that they had really anything to do with them beyond their uh, uh, Shauna and his original fender bender in the first season. And then... Uh, um, the daughter, uh, who actually has a little bit more to do in this season as well, she kind of discovers uh, a charred piece of Adam's ID and starts to ask questions, which kind of brings uh, a little bit of suspense into that storyline of, of whether, you know, she's going to back up her parents, if she's going to side with one over the other, if she's going to talk to the police when they get involved. Callie is is, is the daughter, and uh, she gets a, a lot to do. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about that whole storyline. Like I kind of said last season, I was not crazy about it. And obviously it turns into this whole season of like them being investigated by the police. And she has the undercover cop um, kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is like hooking up with her for lack of a better word. And then, um, and I just, I feel like that storyline just feels so similar to so many TV shows and, I didn't think it was that interesting. I mean, I guess it's a little bit more interesting in the sense when she actually does, like, it seems like she's against her parents, but when she kind of takes their side, I guess that's a little bit surprising and interesting. But uh, for the most part, I wasn't super crazy about that whole storyline. The the actress is is fine. I thought she's good, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you in that, like, when she kind of makes the turn, I don't really understand why she made a turn, like why she suddenly wants to be part of it other than like her mom told her the story and was being honest with her. And now she suddenly wants to be part of that story too. But I don't know that she really has any motivation from like going from like hating her parents to suddenly wanting to be part of their like murder cover up plot. Um, I, I, I didn't really see like, I think my biggest problem with the show is I don't know that there's ever they don't really do a good job providing motivation for why people do the things they do. It's just kind of like people just do things and there's never any explanation. Like 
I mean, it's, you can go. It's to, the wilderness, right? It's the wilderness makes them do everything. Yeah, I mean, like, but, e- but even is... when, but, but even when it isn't the wilderness, where it's like, um, I can't figure out why they're doing what they're doing. Like, I can't figure out why she does that. You know, maybe we'll talk later about the coach, but like, I can't understand his turn in this show at all. Like, I can't the ending that he has. Um, I do not get that whatsoever. Maybe it's the wilderness, but I, I think he's got his own thing that he's. Right. He's working under his own kind of psychological motivations that are pushing him to that, but I can't see why. And there's no, and even though it spends a lot of time on the his backstory, it doesn't provide any uh, motivation for what or justification for what he's doing. Well, yeah, and- like I I do agree about the coach. I mean, there's stuff that that he does uh, leading up to that final thing, which which I think make, makes a lot of sense and. Um, separating himself uh, as much as he can from them because, you know, he's clearly against the whole cannibalism thing and he's, he's struggling with all that stuff. But yeah, like what happens in the last episode is a little uh, weird and I didn't quite understand his, his motivation for, for what he did either. Uh, But yeah, that's a really good point. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll touch on that when we get to uh, the finale of, of season two. Um, So uh, we get to, there was a brief introduction of of, uh, of a police officer in season one um, who was kind of uh, investigating some stuff. And I think uh, Natalie had a relationship with him, if I remember correctly. He's he's talking to Shauna about uh, Adam's disappearance. And and then we get uh, that whole thing with uh, the daughter and, and the other police officer who's kind of trailing her um, in their story. And uh, uh, Misty's story... Um, continues with she's trying to find out what happened to natalie and deduces that uh she was kidnapped by checking out the uh, the hotel room and seeing that the door has been damaged um and then uh she gets into the side story uh, again with her citizen detectives that was introduced in the first season and uh, this group online group are talking about adam's disappearance and she's trying to dissuade them from um looking into that stuff and then it turns out Natalie has been uh, kidnapped uh, and brought to like a wellness commune that's run by Lottie. So this is the first time we get to see uh, Lottie as an adult um, uh, in, in this season. So we, we find like her backstory is that uh, after they were rescued, she kind of went into some mental institutions. Uh, I believe they said it was in France and, and they really lost contact with her beyond that. And it turns out she's better and out and is uh, um, is kind of running this so wellness center for for wayward people. Um, so what do you what do you guys think about uh, uh, you know um, the introduction of, of of Lottie as an adult and and uh, and where her character has has taken her into uh, season two? Uh, Nuno, um, I think I was looking forward to Lottie. I think Lottie was my favorite character or secondary character of the first season and the reveal that she was going to be that she's still alive in the present day i thought was really good and a good cliffhanger to leave off the first season but i was kind of disappointed with her in the second season i don't feel like they really they didn't really do a good job of giving any mystique to her like in the first season in the flashbacks the whole is there is there anything behind the wilderness or is it all just kind of like there's you know psychosis or you know hunger or whatever that could, could be causing it it kind of pushed you in, in different directions 
Like in the first season during the seance, she starts speaking fluent French and she kind of seems like she does have a little bit of clairvoyance, possibly, you know. At the second season, past and present, I don't think you really get behind Lottie being this spiritual leader at all. She kind of seems like uh, a failure or a fraud. And I'm really surprised at how many of the things they set up in the first season just kind of fizzled out in the second season. Yeah. 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 I guess, I mean, we haven't really said just overall thoughts on the second season, but that kind of was my general impression is, you know, I, I think that does kind of happen at some point with, with shows like this, where there's a bit of a mystery and I feel like at some point they start spinning their wheels because it's like, okay, we have things we're going to give away eventually, but we're not there yet. So we just got to find some stuff to fill the void. And I felt like the whole arc and where this season goes, it didn't seem important. And and maybe that will change at some point and I'll, it'll, it'll make more sense. But just that whole idea that basically we find out Lottie, like she seems like she's like the the big bad of the show in a way. And she's like aligned with the wilderness and all this stuff. And then by the end of this season, it's like, well, no, she's not. And actually um, Natalie becomes sort of like the cult leader or whatever. Uh, And I just was like, okay, so (laughs) I don't know. I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with Nuno and Sean. I mean, they kind of build her up a lot. Um, I mean, my biggest issue was like the present day Lottie. Like, there's so little that they did with her. Like, although she runs the this cult, like she has almost no bearing on the plot whatsoever. Um, and they added this character, and like all of the scenes that she's in, I, I don't really understand what the purpose was or why specifically they were there. And then on top of that, it's like also it's like. Um, you know, Nuna was talking about like in the past, she ha- there's this kind of mystique to her that, you know, she's the one who seems to commune with the wilderness. But now it's like, is she now you're wondering, is she a fraud? Like, because now she's like selling this like self-help narrative to people. Um, but then it seems to work at the same time. And she's stealing money from people, but then they never really s- say why or whatever. It's just like, I think you know, the whole plot was about the whole beginning of the, her story was that, you know, she took the money from uh, Travis took, and then now she's stealing money from every person who's in her cult and no one cares. It's just like, okay, right. That next story. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) That, uh, the character you brought up, I I think her name was Lisa. And, uh, and later on in the season, they had like a little side story with her and her family, which had no reason to be yeah, uh, yeah. In, in the season whatsoever. And and, and yeah, I agree. Her character uh, really didn't do anything uh, at all that uh, they, they couldn't have gotten yeah, to that conclusion with other other ways. I mean, there, there's something interesting about the show and that what I like about it is that it seems to have this like, uh 90s kind of indie edge to it right that they were all these people were in when they were young they were all kind of punks lottie was into witchcraft or whatever and then now they all grew up to become like middle-aged yuppies and losers 
And then Lottie is kind of like become this self-help guru who's just peddling this really banal messages. But then it's like, oh, but yeah, it works. And Natalie's doing better now. And we like her. And now Lottie is the only smart one. And it's like, but isn't she defrauding everybody? Isn't she like basically David Koreshing everybody? And like, everyone's okay with it. And it's good now. I don't I like, I don't know what we're supposed to get from that storyline or her in general. I, th- I think, uh, you know, that, that makes the show relatable. Cause like when we were young, we were all super cool. I like, know. Hardcore <laughs> punks and, and all this stuff. And now that we're older, we're, you know, maybe not as, uh, as cool as we used to be. Right. <laughs> no, wait for Wait, I still I still listen to Smashing Pumpkins and nice <laughs> and Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, the the music this season was a bit too obvious and not not as like uh not as obscure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the one, like... the one thing I hate is when um they do like these classic songs, like but then they do these weird remixes of it, so it doesn't go exactly as the song is. Like I noticed it particularly with the Smashing Pumpkins, like. Um, bullet with butterfly wings when they just keep repeating the one guitar riff and then they add the lyrics over top of it but it's not not the same as the song like they remix it like i really hate when they do that and then they just jump to the chorus in weird spots because it matches up with like the whatever is happening in the action yeah yeah i uh i I agree that the the music wasn't as good there were a couple high points for me which uh which I really enjoyed, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to those uh, uh, later on. Um, uh, the other uh, story going on with uh, is with uh, Tessa, and she kind of discovers uh, all the shit that she has done in, in her own basement with uh, the shrine and the dog's head and all that stuff, and it kind of freaks her out. And she's starting to realize that yes, she's she needs help with these uh, blackouts and and things that are that are happening to her again. And we get a very weird scene where um, uh, she gets a puppy and uh, her son uh, is over in the house playing with the puppy and she's having conversations with him. And he said he walked there from school. And so she calls her partner, uh, her ex-partner and says, you know, hey, um, uh, the boy, I can't remember, Sammy uh, uh, came here from school and and, uh, they kind of freak out and when she comes to uh, pick him up, they realize that he's gone and uh, they find out that he's actually been at school the whole time. And, and Tessa had uh, again, hallucinated all of this uh, conversation with the boy. And then uh, she speeds up the van and runs a red light and, and deliberately causes a car accident to, uh, to maybe try to kill her, her former partner, uh, which I thought was um, surprising. And I think surprising to a point where uh, this was the first time uh, this was in season in episode two. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird uh, way to go with that. Uh, what were your thoughts on her decision to cause a car accident? Now, did now was it do we all think it was intentional? I wasn't sure if she yeah. was just kind of spaced out. She, she kind of had a look that that it almost felt like the the other version of her had showing up at that moment and like she sped she hit the gas and and was, wasn't even looking at the road uh when the accident happened so i kind of mm-hmm. i feel that it was done on purpose and it was mm-hmm. super odd but uh but i don't know maybe it wasn't what, what did you guys think uh, zach what did you think 
Um, I mean, I, I didn't get the sense that it was intentional. I mean, I, I don't know that I was paying attention 100% at that moment. Sure. I, so I don't, re- I don't recall the scenes that you're describing. But um, I, I, I get, I mean, I think, I think that there, for me, the whole arc with Thaisa, this, I think of all the storylines, I think hers was the weakest um, this season. Uh, the, the present day one. I mean, even the one in the past, too, seemed really almost non-existent um but like I, I yeah it was just it was a very weird one because she, like there seems to be no um i don't really know what she was trying to do like she was just like they separated all these characters but then they spend the time just traveling around not doing anything and she didn't really do anything i don't know why she like she goes ends up going to visit van i don't know why um other than just like to reminisce or I, I don't know what Van has that she thinks she can understand about it a bit more. Um, but I, I think in general, like her storyline, I mean, if you're, you're explaining like she is, it did it intentionally, but if it wasn't intentional, it just seems like a very um, pointless story <laughs> that, that she got right. into an accident and then she disappeared from the accident or she left her wife and went on a trip. So it, um, if it's intentional, I, I don't know that they're necessarily, necessarily going to come back to that idea um, because there's no, I don't know if she's necessarily seeking any remorse or anything like that for what she's done. Yeah. I mean, I also agree that like, I mean, the weird thing about her character and where it goes this season is like, she's a Senator now, right? Like, the whole yeah. time I'm thinking, like, don't you have a life? Like, don't people care where you are? Like, it's kind of weird that she just ends up hanging out with these people. And, and yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, it I, seems like a good job. I mean, it's no, pretty you sweet. Don't really, yeah. You don't really do anything. <laughs> but I, I was just looking at the, the, the Wikipedia description for one of the episodes here. And it says, Taisa follows her fugue self's intuition and hitchhikes to a small town in Ohio where she sees Van for the first time. Yes. So, like, I guess the idea is that, like, she, her other self is, like, you know, a, as she's going into her other self, she's starting to, like, embrace that side more, and that's pulling her back to her past, I guess. But I feel like that wasn't really that clear. She kind of needs a, a third um, identity who's just on zoom meetings with like, you know, doing her job as a Senator (laughs) because the first, the first season spent so much time dealing with her campaign, with her marriage, with her son. And then by the second or third episode, they do away with all of those elements. It's almost like they get, they get new writers this season who are just like, it's strange. It's kind of like they abandoned so much stuff that they set up in the first season to, to the point that it's so, lazy and kind of convenient how things get resolved like the wife and son are out of it just like that um the minute jackie gets eaten that that actor that character completely gone like so many characters are just kind of unceremoniously written off and then like i think jeff and callie get a bigger role this season and then we meet some people at lottie's compound but aside from that they've pretty much abandoned most of the stories the story setups and plot lines from season one. I mean, I feel like this season, I mean, I, I will say um, 
I know Sean was asking what would the general consensus is. Most of the stuff I've read, it seems like most people are disappointed with season two. I actually kind of like season two a bit more than season one. I, I think I wasn't a huge fan of season one. I thought it was a bit meandering in season one. Uh, I think the story is a bit more coherent and plotted out a bit better. But I, I actually kind of like season um, two a bit better. Um, but I think one of the things they did is, is I feel like they tried to, it, it seems like one of those things that was like workshop to see what do people like, or they re- looked on Twitter and found out what do people like about the show. And they found out people probably liked the nineties references and the comedy the most. And then they tried to like amp those up a bit more. So they made them a bit more obvious nineties stuff. And then like the VHS tapes that we get at the end. And so I think like that was the emphasis of the season, but like almost to the, um detriment to the plot because other things that seem essential just kind of get wiped out yeah i mean and and if they had listened to the tv junk episode about season one they would have known that neither of us was a big fan of the murdering adam storyline and yet that was (laughs) that was the main storyline the only one that they picked up from the first season and that one got worse and worse the longer it went in for sure the more the more the more other people were involved in it just again, just how convenient everything was. Like, I think at this time too, in episode two or three, is when um, uh, Shauna and Jeff just walk into his like studio apartment and just burn it down. And in this day and age of like surveillance everywhere, it's like, uh, and it's like they make sure that every single thing was burnt down. Um, there's no mention but, of it, but like the photograph of yeah, <laughs> Adam exactly. Martin on his yeah. driver's license. But it's like, <laughs> um, do other people live in this building? Like, uh, like, yeah. I mean, that that's that's arson. That's like you know, it'd be did, manslaughter. Did they actually set fire to the studio, or did they just use like uh, morsel to wreck the paintings? Yeah, I, I think that, that that I was confused too because it looks like they're going to burn it down, but I think they just used like turpentine to yeah. wipe out the pictures. But oh, I, okay. I I kind of I kind of right. feel like they they may have been planning to burn it down later. But I also just like putting turpentine on the pictures is even worse because it looks even sketchier if you're right. totally <laughs> if you yeah. just go through and wipe out the the face on these pictures of Shauna. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know what? Yeah, I. My bad. I assume that they set fire to it as well. Maybe I'm, I'm probably wrong because I mean, really, when Kevin and his and mustache partner were investigating it, you think that that would be something else they'd look, they'd look into, like, oh, how mysterious or how suspicious that Adam's studio got torched. But I guess they never really referenced that. Yeah, and I mean, it, considering they dedicated almost the whole season to the to this murder mystery the way it ends or potentially resolved. I don't know if it's actually resolved at that point, but the way it ends, I was just like, Oh, like this is <laughs> so, so simple. And like, it was so yeah. lazy and like, yeah, strange, very strange. It's like, I mean, you know, it's, it's 2023 people. <laughs> there's, there's lots of <laughs> surveillance cameras and other things out there to, <laughs> to prevent this. Oh yeah, like the like a, a twenty minute police investigation would have uh, <laughs> would have caught them red handed uh, almost immediately. Uh, but uh, hey, they must have just been terrible police officers, and we got to go with that. Uh, Sean, you mentioned uh, 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 Tice's uh, fugue state, uh, which is referenced uh, uh, a lot uh, in 
in a lot of these episode uh, recaps. Um, but uh, so it's disassociative. Uh, dis. Oh my God, I can't even read this. Uh, dissociative fugue uh, is a mental and behavioral disorder that is classified variously a few different ways but it's a disorder that's a very rare psychiatric phenomenon and so uh, i guess that is the proper term for what is happening uh, to her but uh, uh yeah a very weird way to uh, to describe it so as we get into uh, the middle of the season i i found that uh the the, the most interesting stuff uh happened early on in the in the the season and uh like the the laziest stuff happened towards the end of the season uh and the way they wrapped up a lot of the storylines but uh i found the most boring stuff was in the middle there was a lot of stuff that uh, i was just not at all uh interested in um uh like uh, uh misty develops a, a friendship with a girl named crystal whose actual name is Kristen, but she never corrected it and and they do like uh uh they sing like Broadway songs while they're in the wilderness and do dance numbers. And um, uh, Misty does like uh, uh, monologues from different movies. Uh, one of them was, uh, oh shit. What was the, the, the monologue that she did? Um, oh, Steel Magnolias. From Steel Magnolias, right? Yeah, that's right. So like uh, that sort of stuff uh, I didn't particularly care about. Um, they're throwing Shauna a baby shower, which I thought was really dumb. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there's this stuff with Natalie seeing this white moose, um, which I wasn't sure if this was a hallucination that she was having or if this was actually a real moose that she shot at and charged at her. Uh, and the moose turns up later on in an episode as well. So there's a, a, like, a lot of filler stuff Um that goes into the 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 day-to-day stuff that these kids are are doing while they're stuck in the wilderness and they decided to film it and and give us this i I might as well just been watching like episodes of that show alone uh i don't know if you guys have ever seen that before but uh yeah like just not a lot going on especially uh uh with the teenage versions of, of these kids through the middle of the season i don't know if you guys felt that as well i i definitely agree that when I think back on the second season, I felt like a lot of what's happening in the past, maybe maybe they kind of stuck too much to the fact that, oh, they're all weak and they're just barely hanging on and they're starving. But there's not a lot happening with them. Like the characters, I thought, you know, characters like Ty and Shauna, they were pretty strong. And, and even Natalie, pretty strong in the first season. And in the second season, they're not really given a lot. I think, actually, I, th- I think when I come to think of it, Misty and Natalie in the past, they have some interesting things going on. I mean, yeah, despite the Crystal show tune thing and her kind of getting into drama, I can kind of see that though, right? I mean, we all kind of knew drama people in, in high school and I know I knew drama people in college and they friggin nailed it it's exactly how they are <laughs> whether 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 you want to hear it or not they're just going to belt out you know the entire soundtrack from greece or whatever um well like they they, they wasted a, a lot of time on some of these characters who 
we really have no interest in at all as instead of you know building a little more of the characters that we see all the time like uh like there, there's this girl crystal and then there's uh the one girl who blindly follows lottie around and, and makes soup out of belts like yeah. that's her thing she's like soup soup girl she's soup teammate and, and then and, there's and there's the one that the has yeah there's one girl that has a mouse and then there's there's two <laughs> girls who are kind of like mean girls um who kind of back up the soup girl and stuff there's one blonde and, and another brunette and 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 uh they always seem to get out uh of of emptying the 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 poop pail and like there's just all kinds of shit that happens in the middle of the season with the kids that I just I thought was super dumb and really boring and not at all interesting. And uh, I think um, um, but and on, on the opposite of that, uh, the stuff that is happening uh, in present day um, is not exactly exciting either, but uh, it's stuff that is, um, you know, uh, hard to I mean, like you have to have an open mind to accept a lot of the, uh, the supernatural aspect of the stuff that's going on. Uh, but you know, when, and, uh, you guys mentioned it before with like the, uh, like the, the bumbling police investigation and all that stuff was, was really stupid. And the stuff with, with, uh, Lisa from the commune and, and again, really uninteresting. Um, and then the, uh, we we do get introduced to to Walter, the citizen detective, that uh, uh, Misty uh, uh, is familiar with from from online, and it's played by our friend Elijah Wood. And uh, so I'm interested to what you guys thought of Walter and uh, and Elijah Wood's performance uh, of Walter, because um, I I have thoughts about it, and uh, I'm interested in, in what uh, what you guys say. Sean, what did, what did you think about Walter? I did like Walter, and I liked Elijah Wood's performance. Uh, I I think you know we were talking about if this season starts to lean too much into the comedy side of things, and I think he definitely is there for comic relief. I'm okay with it when it's just kind of him and Misty on the side doing their thing like that. I kind of enjoy that, but he does kind of come into the whole group by the end. And that's where I'm starting to be like, Hmm, I don't know if he really fits in at this point. So I'm not sure where that character goes from here, but as sort of like a fun little side plot for this season, I did enjoy him. Zach, what do you think? Um, Yeah. I mean, I liked him as well. I thought, I mean, I think, um, I guess there wasn't that many new characters this season, but I think I probably even my favorite of the new characters. I mean, I, again, I guess like, um, I, I guess the, the larger issue is they just added, they add a lot of mm, elements, but they don't really develop the plot very much. Um, I mean, when they, when he came in and he's first introduced, I kind of was thinking like, Oh, I wonder where they're going with this. And I was kind of really fascinated with it, but then, right when that happens he just kind of disappears until the final episode and he comes back and there you know I, I didn't really get any reason for even why he was doing why he what he did at the end or i didn't even know how he knows about um what was happening at the end but i mean i kind of liked it but i would have i don't know i just was expecting it to go somewhere different i mean i think the one uh i think the thing that the show perhaps is trying to do rather 
um, unsuccessfully is it's trying to continually go in a direction you don't um, expect. And I think that um, sometimes those expectations can be good. I think like there's some twists that I really liked, like, um, you know, one I kind of liked was um, with Shauna's baby. I, I don't know if I'm getting too ahead, but like, you know, that she has this baby and then almost immediately find out that it actually died um that you kind of ex- because it's, she's having a baby you expect something really significant to the plot to happen um you know whether even whether it's you know they have uh, add another character or, or raises questions about where this person is now or you know potentially that they ate the baby or something like this but um you know, they, they almost kill it off right away. So it was kind of an interesting twist, but then a lot of it seems to be like they're going to add in different elements and then go a different direction that you might not anticipate. Like, um, but it's like, if you do that continually, it's kind of frustrating when it's like every story plot just goes off in a different direction. Like they kill off somebody that you might not expect to be killed off or like a plot story that a plot element that you expect to happen. It just goes in a different direction or drops that plot line. It, it kind of is like a bit, it feels a bit like, is this what I signed up for? Um, you know? Yeah. Um, I did like the character of Walter um, when he's first introduced and I liked his chemistry with Misty. And yes, when we get to the finale, I, have huge issues with where his story, where, where, where that character went, where it all goes. Yeah. I mean, on, you know, going, going with what Zach said, I, I wonder if a lot of, you know, the writer, writer rooms this, these days, do they spend too much time online? Like reading, yes. reading, reading theories of what people, you know, fans are writing about on Reddit and on Twitter and then kind of being like, Oh shit, we can't do any of these ideas because someone's already thought of it. I mean, because the whole Adam thing, right? Um, I think people, a huge theory was that he might be happy growing up, right? And then they nix that, you know, the minute Havy comes back, they nix that idea. And um, yeah, it's just, it's very strange where things take, it's okay to have an unexpected turn, but it's also kind of disappointing when, things are resolved so quickly or things just kind of do, you know, a 180 out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, like music, yeah. I agree. The, 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 the whole Adam thing, like he was like in the first season, like he's the, the catalyst that really gets them all back together and covering up his murder. And he just turned out to be just some schmo that she banged her car into and then literally banged. Like that's <laughs> like, like, it was such a, a disappointing reveal on that character. And maybe that was my own expectation of, of who he could possibly be. And I think, uh, Nuno, you also found something else online that was about who he could possibly be as well, which was oh, super disturbing. It was. And actually, I was really dis- I was so disappointed because I thought, okay, this show can go there. I, actually, I reached out to all of you because I had, um, I listened to, when I listened to season one, the, ep- the podcast, um, just out of nowhere, I was like, oh, I had this weird inclination that like, what if Adam, oh, actually, no, it was, it was, I was listening to that, but then I was also watching the first seat. I was watching the second season, early episodes. And before the baby's born, um, Lottie keeps referring to the baby as a him. 
and he mm-hmm. and Shauna was like, you know, and Shauna was being kind of creeped out by how Lottie was so interested in her unborn baby. And so right there, I was like, oh my gosh, what if Adam was Shauna's son? And maybe neither of them knew, or maybe he kind of knew and tried to find her out. And yeah, they had this really disgusting, incestuous relationship, but at least it oh, would have been a... disgusting. I don't know. Come <laughs> on. Well, here's the thing. You know what? I I, th- I thought there's going to be, I thought, I thought there'd be a callback. I was waiting for the moment where the baby was born and Shauna keeps calling him adorable because I thought back to the first season and every time Adam was being playful with her and kind of flirting, she'd be like, excuse me, are you trying to be adorable right now? Like she'd always call him adorable, like, but, <laughs> but not like actually oh. adorable. And I was like, Oh, they're going to have this whole thing where it's like, she calls the baby adorable. And then we're like, Oh my gosh, it's Adam. She's been fucking her son. They're not ready for it yet. Well, here's you know? the thing. They're not ready for your ideas. <laughs> but, but, but season one, season one had a huge reveal towards the end. And I thought this would have fit in nicely because this didn't really have a huge surprise. This didn't have a big twist. And the Adam being her kid, I don't know. It, it probably would have turned off a lot of people. But in, in, in the in the post-Game of Thrones age, I think they could get away with it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there already there's only two taboos. There's cannibalism and incest. And they've already done the one. So yeah. oh, why, why, why not own both? I think you're right that this show could go there. Whether that would have been actually a good thing, I don't know. But it does bring up the question, and I, I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead here, Greg, but like with the, the baby being born and then kind of immediately finding out that the baby died. Right. Um, like you're saying, Zach, that just seems like so, like, like there's so much buildup to this and then the baby just dies and you're just like, okay. Like... I, yes, it informs her character. There's trauma there that I'm sure, you know, is adding on to all the stuff that's happening to them. But I still can't help but think, like, did they take the baby away from her? And, like, the baby is still going to be shown to be alive, like, later or something? There's got to be something more with that. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I kind of uh, agree with Nuno. And I th- to answer your question about whether the writers or people spend too much time online the answer is unquestionably yes (laughs) Uh, i think they're all like they all are going on to like the forums and reading what are people saying and then they're trying to just try to divert people from different ways i mean because if you have a baby in like this kind of situation you're going to assume they're going to eat it like that has to be (laughs) the situation like um and that's going to be everyone's guess and i mean i would have and like the way they went with it that made it seem like oh shauna doesn't really know what happened like she ha- it was all kind of like her own fugue state or whatever um i could have would have been interested if they actually kind of hinted maybe they did she did have it and they did eat it or maybe they sacrificed it or or something you know like i would have been cool with that story i, I mean I, I still feel like the way the story developed um I feel like they they might try to do that and try to go back and add something like with that, but I'm I'm not like it's really hard to say because the show doesn't really have any direction, so I don't really know where they could go and where where it ends. I'm like I really don't know what they're gonna go with like the story. I, I, I it's it's hard to imagine what 
because I, it does feel like they're trying to purposely go against what everyone is expecting. And so now it's just, you know, burning down ends with like burning down the, the, um, the cottage. And now what are they going to do? I don't like the, we're we going to spend a whole other season of them, like trying to build like a home yeah, or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I feel like they're just going to have to get rescued immediately. And then the rest of the show is going to be like, what happened immediately after the rescue versus however many years later or something like that. Yeah. I have no idea where they're going to, uh, where they're going to get to, but all right, he's having they, a they, drink. I don't know if you can they, hear that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we, we actually do find out what happened to, to hobby uh, after he had uh, taken off. Uh, he'd kind of, uh, I guess, found himself a, a cave and, had spent a, a couple of months there uh, on his own. Uh, Tasa and uh, uh, Van um, find him out there when they're kind of mapping out uh, all of the uh, uh, symbols that they've discovered all around the wilderness and all the trees and the rocks and stuff. They've kind of created this map and uh, where they predict the next symbol is going to be according to the map is exactly where uh, Javi shows up. So there's this weird little connection to to you know javi in the wilderness and how tasa is able to find all of this stuff and then um which was uh but uh, we also get introduced finally to uh van uh, in present day uh she um lives in a small town in ohio and tasa has hitchhiked herself a, a u.s senator has hitchhiked all the way out to ohio and uh Van, I guess, operates like a secondhand store that uh, rents out VHS uh, movies to to all of the the people that live there that love all the retro stuff that's going on in this small town. So, and uh, Van is played uh, the uh, adult Van is played by uh, Lauren uh, Ambrose. Um, she was from Six Feet Under, I believe, was the show that uh, she kind of got famous in. Yeah. So we we kind of touched a little bit that, uh, you know, how Tasa kind of follows her fugues, uh, self-intuition and hitchhikes to Ohio to, uh, to meet up with Van. Um, so what do you think the reason um, was to, to actually introduce Van? Because beyond um, just having her still be alive, there really was no other point of having that character like in the second season as an adult well they do introduce the uh, the fact that she has terminal cancer right uh which you know i guess adds some kind of tension or something particularly with regards to how the season ends where they feel like they need to sacrifice someone and although i don't really like did they ever really bring that up like i kept waiting for that to be a thing like hey no. like she's dying like we gotta kill someone uh yeah, just kill only, her but, yeah only ty knows and she never brings it up right but i guess the i mean the tension exists in the viewer because you know so yeah. I, I think that's intentional but um but yeah i mean i i, I liked her video store that was cool yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really make a lot of sense how you can make money renting VHS tapes, but uh, you know, these characters are all stuck in the past and it kind of makes some sense, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure yet. I don't know what her role is. Now um, I have a question in the first season. 
do they establish that Val really likes movies? Oh, sorry, Van. Van. I think because, they do. I'm pretty sure they do. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to think about because in the second season, after we meet the adult Van and we see that she, you know, has a VHS video store. Um, there's a. T- I think it's towards the end of the season, and I kind of like this idea where they're kind of like they're kind of gathering around for story time, and she kind of like she um she pretty much outlines like plots of movies to them like it's she's reading a book and they're all they're all the truth about cats and dogs was yeah that's right yeah (laughs) yeah it's like different different rom-coms and stuff and i thought that was a cool idea yeah and it's interesting too because i think the final episode is called storytelling uh okay and i'm not sure what the significance of that is other than she does that in in the episode yeah and yeah, I I did like the adult, um, the casting for the adult van. I thought she was very likable, and you know, a good like touchstone back to like the young the younger van. But aside from that, like like everything in this show with the two timelines, nothing about the present is informed by the past. These characters don't really have that much of a connection to the younger selves. Like I find that even the the Shauna character. In the present, she's kind of I'm finding her really annoying. I think that I think the writers are playing towards what's her name? Melanie Linsky. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think they're playing towards her strengths and her kind of like sardonic, kind of like just malaise attitude about everything. Whereas the Shauna in the past, yeah, she was more interesting in the first season, but then the second season, it's pretty much, oh, I'm having a baby, and then she kind of has a freak out and beats down on Lottie. And then she's also, for some reason, she's the, she's the go-to like butcher. She prepares like, she, she's the one who always goes out, even though she's eight months pregnant, whatever she goes out into the, the, uh, the little cabin they have where they're storing the leftover bear meat. And she's the one responsible for preparing the dinners. Again, I, I don't, I don't see any of the past Shauna in the present Shauna. No, pre- no, I I agree with that for sure. The present the present day Shauna doesn't take anything seriously. She takes no accountability for any of her actions. She's just got that weird maybe it's her like baby voice too, just with the performance where it's just she's just so like doesn't give a shit about anything. I mean, that's the kind of the problem with the structure of the show, right? Like and Zach was talking about how like the motivation for a lot of these characters is not really clear, but like sometimes the motivation is like a reveal to come later or something. Right. So, you know, like for instance, like why is Lottie acting like this in the present? And all you know is she was like this evil character in the first season, but then, Oh, actually she's not that changes at the end of season two. And then it's like, Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense now, but like you're waiting for reveals to these things. And it's kind of like, sometimes it works. Sometimes you're just like, is this makes no sense. This character is not who I know. Yeah. And you know what? And more, like, adding on to that, um, again, one of the first, well, sorry, one of the big plot lines of the first season was what happened to Travis, right? Did Travis kill himself? Was he murdered? And then Lottie explains it away to Natalie in the present day. We get We get one version of the story and we have to, I guess, accept that Lottie's being reliable about what actually happened where, you know, they're at the construction site or I don't know, his place of employment and he wants to hang himself. 
temporary like TV, but want, it's just so weird it's like they want to make it a connection back to the wilderness and she kind of lets him hang himself and then doesn't get him down in time i mean so if it's, just, it, uh, yeah it's if, it's not like a uh a michael hutchins from in excess yeah, situation yeah. like i mean i would think too if you're gonna you know temporarily hang yourself and then have someone let you back down i wouldn't go nine feet up in the air and choke myself <laughs> yeah. i would do it you know just maybe like one or two feet off the ground just just in case just so i can't reach it with my feet but then um just in case you know but yeah, i don't yeah. know i guess they wanted to go all the way up to the like rafters <laughs> i think from <laughs> yeah so i mean i think um, i think in the first season wasn't he hanging from like the the like so like a, a roof beam or something like a I think it was pretty high. Was, up. Yeah, he he was like way up there. Yeah, because now he's on like a a lift or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny how you mentioned that uh, they they dropped a lot of the storylines. Um, and so I just kind of looked that at the at the writers for for season two, and um, whereas the creators of the show, Ashley Lyle and Bart. Nickerson they they wrote in the first season they wrote the first episode and the last episode so they bookended everything and they got other people to write the middle episodes and then a lot of those same people were back um, writing some of the episodes but but the creators of the show only wrote episode one and it feels like they they continued on with the season finale of, of season one and then the the season premiere of season two and they had the same people writing and then it kind of everybody just seemed to have their their own ideas and, and maybe that might have been the the disconnect and what's going on with with the season but as uh you know so we were just saying how they found uh javi on the forest they bring him back to camp so we get a character in and then we get the removal of a character and then we see the demise of poor crystal slash Kristen, um who become best friends with misty and they, they share all of their secrets with each other. And Misty reveals that, oh, hey, by the way, the day after we crashed, I found the, the, the tracker and I smashed it. And that kind of ends their friendship. And, and Misty begs her not to tell anybody and then backs her off the cliff. And, and Crystal falls to uh, her supposed death. Um, so welcome back, Javi. And see you later, Crystal. We barely got a chance to to know you and then see you later javi and then that's right <laughs> and then uh javi has his own thing but uh we do get uh we get brought back to uh the the white moose it shows up a little bit later when uh um lottie and natalie seem to have this battle on how they're gonna lead and, and feed the group and and some of the people want lottie to just kind of use her mystic powers to kill a bear again and and uh, Natalie thinks she needs to go and hunt. So they have this bizarre competition where Lottie goes out on her own with a knife. Natalie takes the rifle. They go out and they actually find the moose in ice. And this is the uh, the first of two um, instances where something falls through the ice and and uh, and, 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 and and dies, I guess. But uh, so they try to get the moose out, and it uh, it falls to the bottom of the water. And so they lose out on that. Uh, Lottie almost dies out in the wilderness. This is one of a number of times that Lottie in the season comes close to dying. Um, a lot of weird stuff with with that character as a teenager and uh, as an adult with getting super close to death. 
and so they the episode five uh kind of ends uh with shauna finally going into labor out in the wilderness and my probably my favorite moment of the entire season happens right at the end as she goes into labor we get that incredible guitar riff and we hear the glorious vocals of glenn danzig and it made me think of Jay's soundboard and we hear mother and we get some dancing uh, in the season. And I was super pumped and uh, I hope Jay got a chance to watch it and, and kind of revel in, in, in what uh, his influence obviously on, on season two and, and how important Glenn Danzig is to um, those teenagers. Uh, so uh, did you guys also have that great reaction with Danzig? I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. Uh, it was one of those ones where you know the automa- it automatically starts the next episode. I had to like purposely no just leave the credits on. I want to hear <laughs> hear it. <laughs> so I think it was the acapella version too, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Like there, there again, there was there was more vocals than uh, than music. And another one of those cases of of remixes for the sake of doing it. I guess I don't know. Maybe it's cheaper for them to get rights to songs that way. I'm not. Uh, I'm not quite sure. But uh, we get the the baby being delivered, and then we get this whole uh, episode of, of of six of the of Shauna believing that she gave birth and and survived the birth, and and it has the baby, and the baby is obviously perfectly clean once it comes out, uh, and is handed to her, and then you know a lot of weird stuff with uh, with Lottie trying to breastfeed the baby and and shauna not being able to breastfeed and the baby is crying and um at that point i thought like the baby was you know alive and and survived and and i was waiting for the moment where the crying becomes too much and and someone suffocates the 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 baby because you know again the show can pretty much go wherever it wants with a lot of the crazy stuff but that doesn't happen um Shauna has uh, a nightmare and wakes up uh, to hear uh, and she hears chanting and then she sees that uh, all of her teammates are covered in blood and have eaten her baby and then she wakes up from her nightmare and sees that all that was just in her head. The baby is is stillborn um, and she can still uh, uh, hear him crying and um, and she kind of starts to have her own little freak out there. So um, do you think it was a good idea to have like the stillborn? Because uh, uh, I, I couldn't see where the show could go. Uh, like they could barely keep themselves alive and actually have a baby out there. So I knew something terrible was going to happen to the baby. Do you think like the, the stillborn was, was the, the smart choice as opposed to them actually murdering the baby or, or, you know, you know, maybe neglecting it to a point or something that's even more sad and, and awful in the show i mean the show does go in places that made people uncomfortable so um i don't know this could have been a trigger warning in itself for a, a lot of people um sean what did you think yeah i mean we kind of already talked about it i i it's a little disappointing like it was surprising but i agree like you can't really have the baby out there surviving with them but I mean, that's what's so cool about the reveal that she's pregnant and all that in, in the first season, because you're like, how is this going to work? There's like, you know, the situation they're in, this is like the worst possible complication to add to it. And but then it like, like I said, like, yes, there's I'm sure there's some trauma there and, and stuff that's 
going to build her character in a certain way, but it kind of feels like it didn't amount to much, but yeah, I don't know. I like one thing I was thinking about with this season, like just some of like we were talking about is this season turning people off because it's got cannibalism. It's got stillborn babies. It's got, you know, the scene where it's got cancer. It's got the scene where Lottie lets herself get just the crap kicked out of her. Yeah. Uh, Like there's just so many things. It's like, it's a a very feel bad show, but then, you know, that in itself, if it's building to something, if they're doing something with all of this, it's like, okay, like, tell me where you're going with this. But right now it just feels like you're getting abused as a viewer and you don't really have the sense that this is building to something that's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, um, I kind of, I know that there's a third season. I'm hoping that the third season is announced as being the final one. Cause I, I, I don't know. I, I'm curious enough about the show that I want to keep watching it, but I don't want to, you know, you know, if if it's ten more hours, I can probably do that um, half-heartedly. Um, but you know, if it's a couple more seasons after that, I don't know. I mean, with in, in terms of the baby, one of the thing. I mean, I personally, I think they they're gonna have to come back to it at some point. Like I, I although I think that the writers might be um, all over the place, I feel like the baby has to. Be, I'm starting to wonder if there's some sort of weird turning point because, you know, it's clear that Shauna doesn't really believe in the wilderness. Um, It seems like Natalie doesn't either or, um, or Natalie's kind of on the uh, rate where it ends. She's maybe on the brink of starting to believe in the wilderness of some sort, but it seems like Shauna's like the lone person who doesn't believe. Um, And I feel like there's, there's something there that she knows, um, that they're going to come back to the baby because they they may actually have done something but she can't prove it or something like i i feel like they're going to come back to the baby like my if i if i am guessing about what the ending will be i think there's going to be something with um that some of them people like shauna seemed to adjust to the violence and depravity of what they had to do to survive and the other ones seem like they're trying to use the will or the explanation of the wilderness to justify what they need to do to survive and so they've kind of like made it up in a certain sense or they've had some sort of psychological fugue state or disassociative thing that makes them believe in something that they know not to be true in order to justify their survival whereas I feel like they're going to come back to the baby because they're going to find out that they may have actually killed it, but they can't really e- explain that or they can't um, rationalize that in their own mind. So I feel like they're going to come back to that at some point with the, the baby. But, and if they don't, I'm going to be kind of disappointed because then it feels like it's just like a, a dead end. Now, Zach, if they do that, they're pretty much going to be ripping off the MASH series finale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like it's like it uh, yeah, all... yeah well well Hawkeye Hawkeye is like um taking like a mental break or he's like I don't know if he's a mental leave he's can't deal with uh, something traumatic that happened and then the end yeah. you you find out that oh you know he's been saying oh they had to smother a chicken while they were like in a bus somewhere so that so the enemy didn't hear them but in the end he reveals that no the mother had to smother her own baby because the baby was crying so oh, okay. Um, 
They can't. They can't do that, Zach. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, you know what? They can. As I mean, as, I mean, the whole show as... is like almost like fifty percent knocking off Lost. So, <laughs> okay, but if I go on Reddit right now and bring up that connection to the Mash finale, then the writers won't do it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Then maybe they just say it was purgatory or something. Um... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you no, you know what? It, it, it's so funny. Yeah, this this is like this in two seasons. This has kind of gone through the paces of like six seasons of Lost in yeah. like in like nineteen episodes or whatever it is. Because really like they wrote off all of the younger kids, which is probably, you know, they didn't have a lot of foresight in the casting because, you know, characters like Javi and Sammy, you barely see them. Um yeah. you can tell there's probably been two and a half years between the filming of season one and season two. So Javi looked completely different. They pretty much had to get rid of him because if they come back again and say, oh, it's been like another two, three months, he's literally going to be like 17 or 18. Where yeah. we started in the show, he was like 13, 12. I don't know. They have a writer strike, so it's going to be delayed several months. <laughs> this this feels like the writer strike may have happened by like seven, the episode five or six and the rest was just like completely ad-libbed it was I mean, all the produ- producers trying to uh, yeah executive producers it was or... just it was just all it was just all improv like i swear like if you know if you think back to what happens in episode seven and eight i don't think there was a script well when, when you referenced the uh the season finale of mash i thought you were going to say that um one of the teammates was left behind and spelled out goodbye in the snow as everybody was taken away in the helicopter, which is what radar does. They could totally do that. They could. Um, Although it was was Klinger, Klinger who stayed behind. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, because radar left the series before, before it ended. And then, and then Klinger took on Radar's job as doing the, right. the radio. Yeah. Yes. You know, you know, there's the one part in this season where they focus on the coach. Is it? Is it Ben? Yeah, um, Ben. Um, and they start going into his past and how he had originally told his boyfriend that he wasn't going to go on this trip. And I started to think, oh, this is this is going right down like the path of loss, like where it's like. You had like um, you, you started to go into people's past and they had like a moment just before the, the they went on the plane where they were like they had to make a choice of be doing one thing or another. And they chose that. And this was their fate and there was nothing they could do. And, you know, what I mean, like they're kind of being punished for like by destiny. And so I kind of thought, oh, they're going to do something like lost where he just spends his time thinking about what would have happened if I, I, I didn't. But then he also realizes he's like doomed to another extent because his fate is um fate is driving him towards something and then he's gonna start believing in fate and start doing whatever his impulse is, like kind of like lost did. But I don't know, it, it didn't really I maybe maybe that's what the ending was. I don't know if if that what it was trying to suggest is like, you know, he's doomed to death by this uh by his decision and he might as well just go out, but I, I, it was, it was kind of a mess. But I was kind of curious if they were going to go down the lost path with that. Um, not only do we get a little bit of Glenn Danzig, but uh, at the end of that same episode, in in the present time, we finally get the reunion of of Shauna and Tessa and Van, Natalie, Misty, and Lottie all together. They reunite at the compound. It was like the Avengers uh, finally forming together, and uh, and uh, we kind of. Uh, 
head towards the end of uh, the season in the, in the last three episodes, once they're all uh, together. But uh, uh, Sean, you referenced this, uh, the beginning of uh, episode seven, you know, Shauna is grieving about her stillborn child and the, and takes it outside. And um, she uh, comes back in and she's got a lot of uh, anger. She still believes that they uh, killed the baby and ate it and punches Misty and, and Lottie says, you know, it's time for you to let it all out. And there's this insanely long, severe beatdown uh, of, of Lottie by Shauna, which was super violent. And, yeah, way more and, brutal than and, you think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, very gory. And uh, again, we get a little bit more gore like we did in episode one. But uh, I was totally like guffawed uh, at this uh, in this episode, I don't know what I, I expected a couple of punches, but it just kept going and going to the point where she almost killed her. It was insane. Well, and then when you finally see her, she looks like she's ballooned out. Like she yeah. looks like a stay puffed marshmallow man or something. Like she's just massive. Her whole face is just completely swollen. <laughs> uh, and just uh, uh, again, an odd choice and, and maybe uh, this was like a shock factor thing but um i don't know like what what did you think about uh uh the the, the beating i guess i don't know what else to call it zach um that's a, i mean that's a good question i mean I, I think there was like a part involving the past with lottie and shauna in that moment right in that moment where i was kind of like you know what i really lost the plot about what's going on in this storyline now because um not to get too far ahead but like that's kind of where there's this kind of major turn and she kind of hates Lottie. Um, but at the same time, everyone else, but everyone seems to believe that Lottie is right. And I think it's like right at that moment too, like the next scene, Lottie is kind of dying and they're like, Oh, we have to go kill somebody to save Lottie. So they go out to kill. I, th- I think it was initially Natalie. Natalie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was like, I'm like, how did we get to this point? Like, I don't really understand. I don't understand the the relationship between Shauna and Lottie that Lottie's like sudden, suddenly thinks that um, Shauna should just punch her to punish her for whatever. Um, and then I also don't understand the story where suddenly they're like, oh yeah, we need to go kill someone to save this person. Like it's a logical decision because like, I think some people were a bit more on the fence about whether the wilderness was real or not. So I don't know. It, it was just like one of those moments where I was like, I don't really get, like, I think I lost the plot about what's happening in this moment. That was kind of like the starting point for it. Cause I was like, I just don't, I don't understand this relationship between the wilderness and I don't understand what they, I, I, I guess my, my thing is, okay, I can understand that they believe that there's a wilderness, but I don't understand what they believe the wilderness is. Like, what is it that they think the wilderness is that they think they have to sacrifice somebody to save Lottie or that Lottie can magically absorb the pain of Shauna or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. I want to know what they think the wilderness is. Cause I have my own ideas. Cause I, but I don't know what they leave it to be. Well, yeah, we haven't even discovered uh, that part yet. I mean, we just know that it's something, and we maybe maybe we'll get that in season three. Who knows? Uh, but um, so not, not only do we get uh, like the the beating, and and she does survive it, uh, but we also get uh, <laughs> um, 
uh, Misty begins to take care of, of Lottie and, and tries to heal her. They get her up to uh, uh, piss in a bucket to see if there's blood in it, to see if she has like a, a damaged kidney. Um, uh, I mean, w- way more of a medical background for Misty than I was expected, although she did just deliver a baby uh, earlier on uh, unsuccessfully, uh, <laughs> as we see. But uh, uh yeah, so uh, I think uh, as as more stuff that was happening, so like we we went through that boring period in the middle of the season, and more stuff is now happening. But uh, the stuff that is happening uh, just makes really no sense, and you know we don't understand why uh, Shana again blame Lottie and and why that the girls just let that beating happen for so long and didn't even stop it until Sana just quit out of exhaustion, which was. <laughs> bananas but hey you know whatever floats your boat i guess um and then uh now that the uh, the girls are all together uh, in in the future and they're at this compound they decide to sign up and stay and and go through their own self-healing they each get a little uh task to uh, better themselves like uh, misty goes into a an isolation tank and has a conversation with a human version of her bird uh, Caligula, which is super odd. Um, um, Shauna has to take care of a goat. And again, we get like this weird comedy stuff that the, the goat chewed through the rope and took off. And it just, it seems so out of place. Um, and then the, the girls finally settle down and uh, they decide to have a few drinks and dance around a fire and act super weird. Um, and then Shauna gets the call that uh, the authorities have actually found Adam's body. And so now we have more consequences. Um, again, I don't know how they found the body. There's no information given on how they figured that out. I mean, they they couldn't do a simple thing, but uh, but investigate the guy's art studio and look at some cameras, but they somehow figured out where the body was buried, which is, I don't know. But uh, one of those things, I guess, you just kind of have to uh, accept. And then we kind of move into the last two episodes, basically the climax to uh, season two. We talked a little bit about how the girls to, to think that in order for Lottie to survive, that another one has to be sacrificed. And then this is where we get this uh, symbolism of the queen of hearts that we've had uh, throughout the season. And then whichever girl draws the red queen is the one that uh, is going to be sacrificed. And it turns out that it's Natalie that draws that card. Um, and China is just going to gut her right in front of everybody in the middle of the cabin, at least do it outside for God's sakes. But uh, uh, Travis intercepts and and uh, Natalie takes off and Javi tries to hide her, but he ends up falling through the ice. And then they just set her on and let that son of a bitch drown and freeze to death in the water so that he's the one that gets to be eaten. What do you guys think about uh, poor Javi's return and then ultimate demise? John? Well, first of all, one thing I wanted to bring up that we didn't really touch on is how the hell did Javi survive on his own for that long? Like, I, I know he had shelter, but did he have food? Like it never really felt like he was capable of, you know, doing all these things himself to survive. So that seemed a bit, well, they I did think the, they showed a bunch of bones, right? Yeah. Like uh, they, they, they referenced the fact that he was the one that was stealing the bear meat and oh, why they had to okay. ration him so much. Um, and okay, then, uh, 
and uh, um, when the, the coach found the cave, it was a heated cave because he could see the steam on the inside and there was water in there and he was able to build a fire. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there were some little bones. And so uh, I, I thought that he would, you know, had tracked down like a lot of those. There was one scene earlier where Shauna bled on the symbol and all these birds fell on the, the, the cabin. And so they had a bunch of birds to eat. And so I assume that birds fell everywhere and, and those were the little bones inside the cave. But uh, there's a, a lot of stuff out of convenience that kind of happens in this season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, I, I actually, this was like, I think a pretty solid moment. Um, and one of the bigger ones from the season, just because, I mean, they do introduce this idea of needing to sacrifice someone to appease the wilderness, whatever that means. Um, but the idea of kind of randomly choosing someone, but then like something kind of happens to someone that puts them down a path to death. And it's like, well, maybe we just won't help them. And, but the, obviously there's guilt there. I thought that was pretty strong. And, uh, and, and I'm assuming, like, I guess we don't fully see this, but I'm assuming with Travis, like we know in the present day that he's still, you know, struggling with depression and, and, and probably also guilt over what happened. And I'm assuming a lot of that comes back to this. So, um, so I thought it was actually a pretty, pretty strong moment. Uh, very shocking though, as, as they kind of sit back and, and, and watch him flail around in the cold water until he stops in order for them to pull him out. But, um, you know, they, uh, they, they do like to do a lot of shocking things and, and, and we kind of got one there as well. Uh, Nuno, what did, what did you think of that whole scenario? I liked, I liked the reveal of, of how the hunt works because again, going back to that cold open of the pilot, you don't really see any faces. It's just all kind of interspersed with seeing them kind of all covered up and wearing like furs and antlers and whatnot. So I like the idea of like how they, it's a random thing. You draw the queen of hearts um, but I gotta say, when they played, you know, Smashing Pumpkins and they kind of had slow-mo scenes, every time they cut back to like I think it's like Shauna and Thaisa are in the front, I couldn't because it was in slow-mo and the music and stuff, I liked seeing Natalie kind of like panicking and trying to find, you know, trying to get away. But when I cut back to the crowd trying to look feral, it just looked really silly. It's actually kind of comical. Like they're all kind of like scrunching up their faces and just look very typically like kids like, ooh, act wild. And they're just like, and like snarling and stuff at the camera. <laughs> it, it's actually pretty hilarious how awful it looks anytime you get a nice look at the at the group. It doesn't look cool at all. I think it would have been better if they kind of had quicker cuts, you know, just seeing like, you know, yeah, it just so many times it's like straight on of the group and it looks so funny. Um, I did like how how it was how it was resolved with Javi um, wanting to show her where his hideout is, and then dying in the ice. Um, yeah, and that and that was messed up, especially like the the walk back. Considering Natalie was supposed to be the one who was sacrificed, and that she had to come back and face Travis. And oh well, yeah, they they paraded yeah. him in, tied to a long like stump, like a tree stump. Yeah, right, and right in front of Travis. And again, it's that it's that whole, you know, trying to 
disassociate and trying to you know convince themselves that it's what the wilderness wanted we couldn't do anything about it it's you know it's at least at least that aspect there was strong and it, i think it works and i think at this point i'm i don't feel like there's anything to the wilderness and supernatural i think the last three episodes of this season kind of swayed me against feeling that way whereas early on in the series when when or early on in the first i mean the first season halfway in and then early on in the second season when there would be coincidences like oh you know there was a blood sacrifice and then all these birds kind of showed up and uh the whole like smoldering of jackie's uh, funeral pyre i was i think they went in really heavy with this whole the wilderness is real there is a supernatural element I think towards the end of the of the second second season, I'm wholly convinced that there's nothing to it. That it's it, it is coincidence. It is them um, trying to explain away some of the horrible things they had to do in order to survive. I mean, that's kind of like I, I kind of I think that's the the Lord of the Flies connection to where it's like what's unique about it is seems to be that. Um, they do evil things, but then they have to come up with this uh, psychological, these alternate ways to rationalize the violence that they've done rather than fully give in to the kind of animalistic side of themselves. I agree. Yeah. Like, uh, I, you know, I was kind of thinking the same thing that uh, maybe this supernatural stuff is, is nothing and, and it, they are just using it as a way to live with themselves for the choices that they made uh, while they were out there. Another uh, uh, comedy moment uh, happens in that same episode with uh, um, the women as adults when they they enter Lottie's uh, sharing shack, and uh, you know Shauna reveals that Jeff was the one that was actually blackmailing them instead of Adam. So all that stuff was started because of Jeff's failing furniture store business. Um, uh, Tasa reveals that she was the one that hired the investigative reporter to to uh, check check up on uh, on the rest of the survivors. Uh, Misty reveals that she murdered said reporter after uh, keeping her locked up in her uh, basement for quite some time. And Lottie decides that uh, all this stuff is happening and the wilderness needs a sacrifice. And so she offers them six cups and one of them contains poison. Um, but uh, they, they they kind of talk her out of it saying that uh, uh, we need to do the hunt uh, to make the sacrifice. And the plan is to kind of botch the ritual and have Lottie committed and not actually go through with it. But uh, uh, Tessa and Van uh, call in and, and stop the, uh, the people, the police or whatever to, and the doctors from coming in to take Lottie away. And I don't recall why, they made that choice to do that and, and if they actually wanted to go through with uh the hunt uh that wasn't made clear to me did, did anybody else uh, get that it it like 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 a lot of the um character motivations and choices i don't think it made a lot of sense at all that that they would both be on the same page especially van who seems like she's really not really into it and she seemed kind of shocked at at how messed up everyone's lives were and how everyone was involved in the whole Adam um, cover up. It was strange that she and Ty were unspokenly, at least to the viewer um, on the same page about 
calling off the psychiatric help that Lottie needed and just doing the hunt. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was, was, it was very, very strange. Um, but then, uh, I, I think the most egregious thing uh, that happens, uh, uh, in this season, uh, happens in the last episode and, and it involves the return of our favorite Walter yep. and, and how he, <laughs> and how he solves the Adam Martin problem with the police and, and saves all of them essentially from being arrested for one murder and disposal, uh, and dismantling of a body and covering up a crime and things that could send them all to prison for quite some time and uh uh walter first off poisons kevin the police officer and, and murders him in in the kitchen of the compound and then they do some weird thing with phones which i didn't understand where they had a conversation between two phones or something that made it sound like uh kevin was a dirty cop and he was trying to cover it up um and then they can then they they shoot Kevin, who's in the trunk of a car. He's already dead with the other cop's gun and then somehow convince the other cop to go along with their plan uh, that Kevin was the dirty cop and killed Adam Martin. What the hell uh, <laughs> was that? I, I, I don't like that is awful uh, stuff in an episode called storytelling. I mean, I, I think. Sorry, Nuno, go ahead. No, no, you, you go ahead. I mean, I I, I kind of I agree. Like, it's one of the 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 worst plots. I mean, I I have to assume it's not resolved. I don't know that the other cop, uh, whatever Saraceno or whatever, is going to go along with it. But I think like one of the weird aspects of the show is there's this kind of weird element of camp throughout the show. I think like you kind of see it a little bit with like Walter, um, a little bit with like. Um, like the the scene where uh you um misty is uh meets her the human version of her um her bird um caligula so there's these weird elements in it that don't really always follow through and that was kind of one of those weird elements of like it's so dumb that it it's kind of just like wants to resolve itself like it almost felt like a really bad b-movie resolution and so which is why i kind of think like oh maybe it's not going to work because it's like the i mean even the cop the saracino or whatever he's very much like really camp version of a cop like he's like 25 years old he's got this bad stash and everything like so there's this kind of like um cheesy element to the show that i don't know they they can go with it but it it really like depends on what the like i I, it's hard to catch the vibe of the show because it's it's so all over the place in terms of whether it's serious about a lot of the stuff or not um and whether it should be taken as co- like light comedy or serious or not, um, but I, I agree. It's if if it's meant to be taken seriously, it, it seems like it's just like okay, we need to resolve this storyline and move on to the resolution that's going to happen. It's like the, okay, we've delayed the story for long enough that now we can move on to something else. So it feels like a quick wrap up um, plot line. I mean, it's very much like. Um, sorry, I think last time we talked, it's very much like friday night light season two where it's like here's a storyline you go off on this tangent for an entire season and then it's like uh end of season that story is done never talk about it ever again and we'll never we'll never go back to it yeah i mean it's it was bad if that ends that storyline then i'm okay with it (laughs) but if it continues on i'm gonna be like oh my god please 
because <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just I'm tired of it. But I don't know. I it's hard to believe that that's gonna go away entirely. Um, but yeah, I just thought you got to come up with something a little better than that to wrap it up. Yeah, at, at this point, I'm not confident that the writers know what they're doing. And I don't know if they panicked and realized, oh, my God, there's only one episode left. What do we do? Because, yeah, I mean, it is the worst thing that happens this season. And even there's no explaining it, how he resolves this really bad storyline that shouldn't even exist. He resolves it in like five minutes. Um, But also the fact that Walter... When he and Misty first team up early earlier in the season, like I think halfway through, um, he's he's impersonating an FBI agent when they're yeah. they're trying to find out what happened to Natalie through like one of Jeff's friends, Randy, the goofy yep. meek relief guy. And there, um, Walter was so he had no confidence. He was totally incompetent. He couldn't do this simple interrogation. He had to get coached by Misty. And then all on his own, he somehow hacks like some police databases, finds out all the stuff, tries to point evidence to do his cover up, meets a detective, and within three minutes, uh, plans that he's oh, I'm going to offer him some cocoa. I'm, I'm going to sneak into this compound where no one knows who I am. I'm going to just take over the kitchen. Cops going to walk in. I'm going to fucking kill him in like two minutes. I'm going to know exactly what to do with the body. I'm going to know exactly how to call his partner and. You know, lead him into his trap, steal his gun, shoot the dead body, and then explain to the partner in 30 seconds what's going to happen if he doesn't go along with it. And then everyone buys it. Like in the end, Mustache isn't, he's not in cuffs or anything. I mean, you think, oh, you just shot your partner who's in the trunk of the car. Like, don't you take him into custody? And who knows? At this point, it's so far gone. It's so lazy. It's so terribly written that they should just abandon it completely. Well, I mean, like, this is, again, the same show where, you know, like, uh, Shauna's family is completely broken apart and earlier on in the season. And what reunites them was her admitting to her daughter that she, in fact, killed uh, Adam Martin. And that actually kind of brought her and her husband closer together. And then Jeff tells Callie that, uh, you know, Shauna had a stillborn. And so it's these are the things that have reunited this family to the point where, uh, uh, oh, we forgot that uh, uh, the reason that they actually have a gun is there's an insane moment earlier on in the season where uh, somebody tries to carjack them and Shauna disarms the guy, but he still gets away with the van. And so now they have this gun. And I guess that was the easiest way as opposed to Jeff just being a registered gun owner and they just have a gun, (laughs) which would make, you know, total sense, but they had to give us this other crazy uh, instance uh, in in the series. So this kind of uh, um, leads back into uh, uh, the, the adults. uh, uh, Shauna draws the the red queen this time. And, uh, and I, I guess the other five are in on the hunt and decide that, yes, we do have to sacrifice because they, go get their masks and they will go get their weapons. And um, I think they did have a dull knife at one point uh, that uh, might've been some sort of a prop. Uh, I'm, I don't know who ended up with that, but um, Callie ends up saving her mother by shooting Lottie in the shoulder. And that kind of stops this whole thing from 
from happening and then uh they take lottie away uh to get her locked up and walter tells everybody that uh everything is taken care of with the adam martin situation and uh natalie says the or um uh natalie ends up dying because that lisa girl shows up again and misty tries to kill her she uh has the syringe with the the stuff in it again natalie accidentally gets it natalie dies but everybody else ends up happy because the wilderness got their sacrifice once again and and season two wraps up uh but uh not quite because we have to go back to the teenagers um after the coach gets his own side story and decides to move away from the girls and he finds the cave, he's able to track it down. Uh, he decides to barricade the girls in the cabin and lights it on fire in an attempt to kill all of them. So season two ends I mean... up with a lot of insane <laughs> stuff happening. Uh, again, a lot of motivations that uh, we don't quite understand why people are doing anything, uh, but just a, a, a weird a way to end the show with a lot of stuff happening and the audience is kind of left, you know, open mouth and slack jawed. And I, I don't know what was going on. Sean. I mean, well, I mean, just when you put it all like out there like that, it sounds absolutely insane. Yes. <laughs> this show, like, I don't know, man, but um, I do like, I, well, okay. But let's talk briefly about the, um, uh, the death of Natalie. Do you guys think that uh, Juliet Lewis is going to appear in future seasons through some kind of mid flashback to like stuff that happened previously as adults? Probably. I I wouldn't think so. I don't know. Like like the the way they've been writing off characters left and right. I'm I'm wondering if she maybe wanted to leave the show because it seemed very sudden. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to research the her contract. Well, she, I mean, she probably was making the most, so I it, w- it would make sense to kill her off. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Maybe I, I I was curious. There were um, there were scenes when uh, before Nat kind of settles into the compound and she's digging up dirt on Lottie. She uh, she essentially brings up all these accusations, which are true about the cult, and so much of it sounds very similar to Scientology. What they do, they get like you know they kind of financially entrap you and they find out dirt about you. And uh, Juliet Lewis was born into Scientology. Her parents are Scientologists. And I know she's very much a spokesperson for them. I don't know if she's still in Scientology because I feel like the writers were like, well, the writers, like, I felt like, oh, are they purposely giving her all of these lines about, you know, talking about, you know, exposing this cult and their practices where I'm like, where she's, a member or was a member of of Scientology. I was just something going through my head as I was watching those scenes where I was like, oh man, I wonder if she's now against Scientology or if she's still in there. And the writers were like, we're going to make you say all this shit because we know you're <laughs> leaving because we know you're leaving the show or I don't know. You think they, they, they forced her off? May, they maybe, they, the may, what's, um, maybe, what's... maybe they knew, maybe they knew she was leaving and they're like, we're going to give her these lines. Zach, what did you think about uh, the last episode and all the crazy things that happened and whether they made sense or not? Um, I mean, I mean, I, I agree with everyone's comments that it, it, nothing really makes sense. And I mean, I think like um, I think the the one that bothered me the most was uh, Coach Ben burning down the place. 
Um, not just because there seems to be no motivation for it, um, but then just because it's like, okay, what what are we gonna have to do next season now? Like, I think I See, like I said before, like, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna have to have them like rebuild this place to live? Or, I mean, Sean, you mentioned maybe it means they have to be saved soon. Um, maybe someone will see them. I don't know. Um, so yeah, somebody might see the fire. Like, I kind of like I feel like there is a bit of motivation. Like, it's obviously like an insane jump to do that. But like, he obviously was getting ostracized from the group, was disapproving of what they were doing. So I can kind of go with it. And I do like it as a cliffhanger. Like, I'm kind of like, oh, where are they going with this? Uh, whether I have confidence that it's going to be something good, I don't know. But I, it is something that I'm like, I'm definitely going to watch season three premiere. I mean, I, I think I think the thing is, all the twists that happen in the show, every time it happens, I think, oh, I really didn't want that one to ha- that to happen. <laughs> like, I remember it, it happened in season one where it was like when she killed Adam Martin. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to I don't want to follow the I, I, I don't want to follow this story. Um, yeah. and I feel like this is where it's going with me too. Now it's like they burn it down. And it's like, oh, I don't really want to see that story. Like whatever that's the story is in the aftermath of that. Like I, I wanted to see the thing I like the most about season two is that it hints the most at what's happening in the wilderness with the wilderness, and it starts to like question whether it's real or not. Um. And I want to see that maybe maybe this stuff with Ben kind of adds to that storyline because maybe he's the like presumably he's he doesn't seem to believe in the wilderness and he doesn't seem to be part of that. And from what we can tell, he doesn't survive. So I'm assuming he's probably there watching and thinking like, oh, look at these psychos. They're going mad and killing people. I need to kill them off before they come for me or something. And maybe that's his his approach um and maybe that's that that's an interesting aspect i just don't know if that's what they're going for because the character seems to have no interiority whatsoever like um it just seems like the characters have they become whatever the story needs them to be in that scene like there's no internal motivation for anything anyway so uh i mean he early on he seemed like the peacekeeper he's very grumpy or whatever but now it just seems like he's I, I don't know what his his shtick is right now let, let me give you a quick here's here's the ultra bold prediction for season three okay they get rescued in the in the past they get rescued and in the present they say we gotta go back let's go back to the wilderness and but- then we find out that the the opening the cold open is actually in the present day of them doing a hunt. I mean, I don't remember if the visual actually. I'll be, I'll that, be honest, but... Sean. If that happens, I might turn it off mid episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, we... no offense, Sean. I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's I'm, very, I'm it's very like here. you're you're very it's very likely. <laughs> we we haven't even gotten to the point of the the cold open from season one with the girl falling into the pit of the spikes. Like, um, so there's, there's still about half a dozen girls that really had, well, they gave them weird ass stories in, 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 in this season. Uh, but, um, we don't know if who else survived beyond, uh, 
the six of them and Travis. Uh, that's all we know so far that uh, they even had, uh, you know, a little news footage of them uh, uh, after being rescued, but uh, they only showed the people that we knew were, were alive. So uh, who knows uh, who else is out there? Um, maybe there is uh, a big bad voodoo daddy uh, character uh, that we're going to find in the, in the forest. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but it, uh, the scene ended up, or the season ended up very strange. A lot of weird stuff happened. And uh, I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, I, I feel at this point uh, I have to watch season three just to get that closure uh, because I need to know well, what happened. And uh, But I do not hope that they return to the wilderness. You know, we, yeah. we don't want them to have to go back. Oh, uh, one, one thing with that I thought was strange too is, so the, the big reveal of who the antler queen is, I guess, you know, they reveal around the same time that Natalie in the present day dies is that they point they point Natalie in the past as their de facto leader after Lottie believes that the wilderness spared her. And really the strange thing there is we don't have we don't have a Natalie in the present going into season three. So anything about that character being the antler queen kind of seems pointless now. And I would say two characters who have zero interactions in the past are Natalie and Misty. And yet in the first two seasons, you know, Misty is convinced that they're best friends and they have this connection. We're not going to see anything that informs that relationship. And if we do it again, it'll, it'll be hollow because they killed off Natalie in the present. So again, a huge thing that, you know, the whole moniker of the Antler Queen and the whole fandom online wondering who who it is. Natalie was probably the one of the most unlikely people, but it it, it again it just rings hollow. Like I, I don't care that she's the Antler Queen now. Because For sure. Yeah. For sure, especially since like um this this season kind of is about Natalie's like redemption to a certain extent. Like She's going into the self-help group and kind of uh, ridding herself of her demons. But that's that storyline is done um, and it didn't get very far. And now it's just like it's now it's going to be like, presumably it's going to be Natalie. If she's the, the antler queen, then it's going to be presumably her becoming the more animalistic or whatever. But then also at the same time, like part of the reasons why Natalie and Misty didn't seem to get along was that Natalie thought Misty was kind of crazy and was psycho. But then if it's like, well, Natalie did worse things than Misty, then it's kind of like, well, what was the point of the, that storyline? Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a, a good point. Nuno. So I, I don't know uh, where they're going to go, but uh, uh, I'm sure as hell excited to find out what that's going to be. Uh, so overall thoughts and, and ratings on season two, Nuno. Um, in honor of the 20th episode of TV Junk, this gets at 20%. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what about you? <laughs> um, I actually, I mean, I complained about the show a lot, but I mean, I actually kind of liked it a bit more than season one. I think mostly because I wasn't that into season one. So I probably would give it about the same. Like, I think I gave it like a, a 70 or a 75 or something like that. 
um, a little bit higher than the 20 percent um, <laughs> um, but together is almost a hundred percent that's true that's true uh, uh, Sean I mean, are we doing percentages here? I don't know. I, <laughs> sorry. Out, out, out of five. <laughs> out of I five stars. That, uh, two out of five. I am yep. giving it three stars. I think it's a step down from the first season. It's definitely starting to go off the rails. I hope they bring it back with season three. Um, and I'll at least check that out, but we'll see where it goes from there. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I feel this is like a, a two and a half uh star season uh uh disappointing from where they were in 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 the first season but uh um you know actually no i'll I'll give it a three because of mother (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and how how happy that made me uh uh, all right so let's get into uh some superlatives and uh we'll start with our our favorite uh secondary character i mean i i kind of already revealed what who it was and for me it was walter um i mean at least the first couple of uh moments of walter i I found him somewhat interesting um uh his his solving of the adam martin problem uh as as insane as it was uh, at least he showed up to be somewhat useful so that he would be my uh, my choice for favorite secondary character uh sean what about you yeah i'm going with walter as well i mean it's tricky like for a season two podcast like i could still say misty because that was my favorite secondary character if she is secondary i don't know there's a lot like it's really an ensemble cast but uh, but I do feel like I want to pick a newer character that was introduced and he was definitely the standout. I thought Zach. Um, yeah. I mean, I agree with Sean. I mean, I liked all the cast from uh, the first one, um, but the, of the new cast, I mean, I was going to go with Walter, but just, just to mix it up, I'll probably say one of the one I actually kind of liked was Randy. I thought he was a kind of, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he only had um, a couple scenes, scenes, but his was the most, um <laughs> most memorable i think for me was um those scenes i think uh he stood out um he uh, we we did see uh randy fail to uh rub one out in the hotel room <laughs> yeah very uh, memorable so, scene yeah. yeah i mean it's a show that doesn't have many um i would say it doesn't have a huge amount of memorable scenes for me personally uh nuno uh favorite secondary character i am going with a surprise character, a character who's already established. I'm going with Coach Ben. All right. I I actually like the turn. Um, I like that he started off as kind of like, um, angry, and kind of giving up to the point of being suicidal, and then kind of finding a motivation to probably to survive, self preservation, seeing how things are going sideways. Um, kind of becoming hopefully an antagonist to the girls. So uh, I had, uh, unlike Zach's, uh, how Zach felt, um, I think him burning down the cabin was one of my favorite things oh. of this season. Yeah. Do you have an idea what his motivation might be, other than these girls are insane? I think I think that um, and self preservation. I think maybe you know he's been he's been kind of living halfway into this fantasy of being with his boyfriend again. I think you're um, just thinking like, uh, you know, if I can cook them all in one place, I'll have a lot of big, pretty oh, good food supply for, yeah. for a while. He, does, he doesn't eat. He doesn't eat. He doesn't eat. the. <laughs> That's people. true. He doesn't eat. Maybe he's going to start. Yeah. It just, <laughs> you know it, it, 
It was he didn't want to share. He was he was, <laughs> he was disgusted when he saw how skinny Javi was. And he's like, why did you choose the smallest person? Like the person who who literally weighed the least. That's what it's all about. He's watching them eat because he's like, damn, there's nothing there for me. There were uh, uh, two things that he probably, uh, or one thing that he probably witnessed was uh, uh, Travis uh, taking a bite of Javi's raw heart. That was uh, weird. Yeah. Which was a bit insane. Uh, but the other funny thing that, that made no sense. So they, they strip Javi's corpse uh, to get him ready to be uh, butchered and, and cooked. And for some reason, Natalie uh, covers up his dick. Like, I, I didn't i just thought it was a weird thing to add in like oh my god it's so embarrassing this we can all see his penis i'm gonna cover it up oh wait we just watched him drown and let him drown so i didn't have to die but now i'm embarrassed looking at him nude because he's like a then boy and then I they're t- like oh that this ass takes tastes good <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe natalie was claiming it she's like okay this is mine for later here's my here's my napkin yikes <laughs> uh, I suppose that's possible. Possible, and uh, no, nobody picked a uh, belt soup girl, the chef, as their favorite <laughs> character. Eh? All right, mm-hmm. um, all right. So let's go into uh, uh, your recasting choice for season two. Um, and you can't use who you did for season one unless you pick somebody different uh, to m- mix it up. Uh, we'll start with Nuno this time. All right. So uh, John Reynolds played Detective Saracusa who it was the mustache cop and yep. he was a he was a bit too reminiscent of the character of Pornstache from uh, Orange is the New Black so i'm saying go all in uh recast him as Pablo Schweber okay um, to be the new uh, douchey mustache cop um Sean your choice yeah i'm going with the same guy wasn't crazy about him he's a little too goofy uh but for some reason i thought you could replace him with Jason Siegel and he would still be a little bit comedic, but maybe played a little bit straighter. I don't know. Just something about that seemed like it would work. Zach, what about you? Well, I was actually going to go with the same person. So I'll go with my <laughs> my secondary choice. Is that my backup? Which is um, I would replace uh, the wilderness, which I think is played by CGI. <laughs> I, would do, I would do it with uh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is the wilderness. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, it's all it's uh, all about family. Yeah, <laughs> a, a more Dominic Toretto or more Groot? Yeah, more. I was thinking more Groot. I thought, yeah. okay, he's done a good job of that. He just adds some whoosh. Um, for for my choice, uh, I, I, as much as I liked Walter, I think I would recast uh, uh, Elijah Wood. Um. I, th- I felt that he was a little too goofy and he was almost like a, a mirror image of, of Misty, but, and, and maybe that was uh, a bit of the point. Uh, but yeah, like um, he was, he was too goofy. He was too eccentric um, um, and, and too awkward. And I think they uh, probably should have played him a little bit differently. And then I of course would pick uh, big bank theory as Jim Parsons for that. Nice, bringing it back, baby. Um, he actually would have been really good, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, he, he, he yeah. probably would have been quite terrifying yeah. in that role. Um, <laughs> all right, top five moments. Uh, for me, uh, I'll start. Uh, uh, my number five was uh, uh, Glenn Danzig. Um, uh, number four, the uh, as 
as difficult as it was to watch the the beating of Lottie, I I really enjoyed that scene. Um, uh, God, mine are all super depressing. Uh, number three, um, uh, kind of how they sat there and and watched Javi drown. Um, uh, number two, uh, the scene where the the six adult yellow jackets all reunited, and then uh, uh, number one uh, uh, is eating Jackie. Zach, we'll start with you. Um, sure. Um, so uh, number five, I, I just put the the music again. Um, I, I did love the drop of Mother, but then there was a lot of other ones that like throughout. Some of them are, like you guys said, a little bit too on the nose, but um, I, I did like them, even if they were a bit more obvious ones. Um, number four, I'm trying to read what I wrote. Oh, okay. Shauna's baby. I, I like the kind of twist that they had there in terms of um that she has the baby um and then she kind of wakes up and realizes that it's actually dead um or she doesn't really realize um i like that kind of twist that happened uh number three um the interrogation of randy i like that scene i thought randy was a good uh, comedic character um i would have would have liked a bit more randy throughout the season but i can see he's not they've already got too many characters uh, number two, I really like the gore that they um, had. Um, I like that they didn't shy away from the kind of gory aspects and they tried to push push the envelope, envelope a little bit rather than just hinting at it throughout. Um, and then my favorite scene, number one, was um, the scene where Shauna goes to steal the minivan back um, from the guy. And then she has this uh, monologue where she talks about her um, having to kill someone and like, ripping the skin off of their body and you have to peel the skin back and how it's difficult to rip the skin off. You have to kind of create like a lip and, <laughs> and start to tug the skin away. I like that scene. I like the, that kind of element. I like that um, Shonda seems to be the one who maybe embraces that kind of darker aspect of herself. So I like that scene um, uh, that it maybe it works um, as a kind of darker, like a dark comedy scene, but also as a um, a bit more of a revelation of her character as well. Well, they they kind of stuck with that through through both seasons. So like because like, when we first meet Shauna in season one, uh, she goes out and murders that rabbit for eating the vegetables in her yeah. garden. So we we already get an idea that she's uh, a little bit uh, harder on the outside. And, and on the inside uh, than one would expect. Uh, Sean, your top five? All right. Uh, number five, Van's Video Store. Also like the name while you were streaming. Pretty solid. Um, <laughs> number four, the cannibalism. I mean, I like that they eased into it, but they also got to it pretty early in the season and were just kind of like, we're not, you know, kind of uh, easing around this anymore. We're just actually, we're giving it to you. Um, number three, uh, the cabin burning down cliffhanger. Like I said, I think I am actually very interested to see what happens next there. Number two, Lottie getting beat up. I mean, that was just such a shocking scene. I don't know if it is going to pay off in any meaningful way, but it definitely was a memorable scene for me. And number one, I'm going to say just the letting Javi drown, that also was shocking, you know, informs some character stuff for a lot of people. And I liked, uh, you know, speaking of the music, the use of the cranberries, I think, at the beginning of that episode when they're bringing the body back. I mean, there were definitely some more obvious choices for songs, but I thought that one fit. 
I mean, I to add to the music ones, I like the one um, when they talked about live lightning crashes, a song, and it was like because it's about like um, a young mother losing their child as well. I mean, it was very on the nose, but it was it was kind of interesting addition to it. Yeah, Nuno, your top five. All right, number five, Bruce the baby goat survives. There were a lot of <laughs> just like season one, a lot of a lot of animal deaths in this season. Uh, number four, uh, Jackie's funeral pyre becoming a barbecue. Uh, number three, um, adult Lottie. She has this vision after Travis hangs himself in the flashback, and it's of it's of Laura Lee from season one. And she kind of she kind of like stumbles out, and they do this amazing, really slow transition where she kind of becomes this weird, like demonic undead face, and it actually gave me chills. Like it is a really effective, like visual and super creepy. Um, number two, um, when Natalie and Travis are out hunting slash looking for Javi, there are a few scenes where it looks as though they're actually shot in real Canadian like wilderness. Those outdoor, um, like you know scenes just looked incredible like that was you know good for them for actually going out and doing some on location shooting um and number one uh ben trapping the girls in the cabin and burning it down all right well Um, everyone loves uh, loves the ending with ben but me yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's uh season two of of yellow jackets um and uh and episode 20 of the podcast uh we're probably back episode 21 i would imagine would be we've talked about doing the uh schwarzenegger documentary the three-part one on netflix and then uh, later on uh, in the month and into uh july there's uh uh marvel's uh, secret invasion which we'll uh, we'll definitely tackle as well I, I reached out uh, once again to our friend uh scotty young to see if uh he might be able to squeeze uh squeeze it in and uh and jump on the the marvel podcast uh, and just get uh some more comic book knowledge on that one so we'll see how it goes and uh, and see if he's available for that one and of course if you have any other suggestions for shows you can uh um, message us on twitter tv junk podcast or, or email us uh tv junk podcast at gmail.com uh, with some other uh suggestions uh nuno where can people find you what do you got coming up um uh- Still working on some uh, variant comic covers. Uh, my online portfolio is nunop.com. You can see um, my yeah uh, comic cover designs and links to my socials. Zach, uh, I'm I'm barely online these days, um, but I'm occasionally on the Film Junk Discord. Um, yeah, that's probably the best spot to reach me. Zach, are you watching uh, uh, Bachelor in Paradise Canada? You know what? I j- I just got back from vacation and I forgot completely forgot that it had started. So now that I'm in, I'm going to be going in. I know that the new season of The Bachelorette starts soon too. I think yeah, in, in a week or two. So I got a lot to catch up on in terms of television, reality TV. I missed a lot of Netflix reality TV trash as well. Um, just catching up on. If is anyone into Selling Sunset? No, no, I've never watched that it. That is one of the best reality tv shows i highly recommend really uh, my my girlfriend watches below deck and uh um i've watched uh, a couple episodes of that have you heard about this show i've never heard of it um essentially it's uh i i don't know if it's always the same crew but it's like uh uh 
the crew of like a, a luxury yacht that gets rented out to uh, uh, essentially rich, snobby, uh, disrespectful white people. And, uh, and they have these uh, exorbitant parties on these yachts. And it's just these crew, the crew that are kind of navigating these spoon fed, uh, yeah, like actual human beings that are, are just awful. And uh, so that's what I got out of the one episode that I watched, but uh, I I'm only a couple episodes into bachelor in paradise, Canada. And it's, it's super surreal uh, to see uh, a girl from my hometown of St. Catharines. So, so, yeah. She was on out. last season. Yeah. When yeah. She's making out with uh ukulele playing uh, cat costume wearing Connor from Oh Bachelor. Uh, from Bachelorette. From the Bachelor. I think it was Katie season. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's weird to see that happening. It's it's very strange, but but that's these shows, and so that's where we are. Um Sean, uh film junk, uh what's uh your next uh what film you guys are doing? Did you guys do um uh spider-verse yet yeah we just did spider-verse um what do we have coming up Ma- uh, master gardener i think is what we're planning for next week and then i think episode 900 is the week after that and we really have nothing special planned but it's cool <laughs> that it's episode 900 <laughs> well i mean thousand is is kind of the big one 900 whatever you know yeah exactly People get to 900 podcast episodes all the time, <laughs> but no yes. one ever gets to a thousand. Yeah, that's right. I mean, when, when you're putting out an episode every week, you're hitting a milestone every year, right? Like, yeah, the... pretty much. So I'm, it's no biggie. After a while, yeah, it doesn't mean much. <laughs> all right. So thanks for uh, on this depressing <laughs> note that it doesn't mean anything. Absolutely. Nothing matters. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for checking out uh, the podcast, and we'll uh, see you for episode 24. You can watch Mr. Rogers, you can watch Three's Company, and you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the Adam family. Say, you can watch Barney Miller, and you can watch your MTV, and you can watch till your eyes fall out of your head. That'll be okay with me, and you can watch.